Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome into the latest installment of the Golf Channel podcast presented by Top Golf. I'm your host, Will Gray, joined live and in color by Golf Channel analyst Trip Eisenhower. Trip, thanks for joining us mm-hmm. here as we look to preview. It's not quite a major. We're not going to call it a major. Yeah, it's the fifth. This is a big week it in is. the world of golf the Players' Championship, TPC Sawgrass. First time since 2016 U.S. Open that we have had all 50 of the top 50 in the world mm-hmm. teed up in the same field. The stars are going to be out yeah. in Ponte Vedra Beach. Uh, just before we start, what's what's one thing you're looking forward to this week? Well, the field. I mean, I say this every year. Okay, it's not a major. I think the tour is finally realizing they're not going to push that narrative that it's a fifth mm-hmm. major. They, look, it's the fifth most important tournament on the planet, okay, which isn't bad, okay, because <laughs> the other four have been around a lot longer. Yep. This has built a nice history. Um, it is the best field in golf. Uh, as far as it's better than the majors. I know you argue because the PGA is watered down by the club, the pros, club pros, the Open and the U.S. Open watered down by some Monday qualifiers that get in, that get hot at the right time. Um, the Open's done a lot of good things to enhance their field quality with their mm. with their qualifications along the PGA Tour and European Tour. Um, and, you know, the Masters is a limited field. So, yeah. it, you know, it, it is a, a stacked field. It always is. It's one of the best golf courses. I know it's been nibbled at at the edges and then redone uh, massively in 07, changing the grass types and, and really overhauling, adding yardage, et cetera. But it's a beautifully designed golf course. It, it doesn't favor long hitters. It doesn't favor short hitters. It favors the guy who's the best player that week. It's going to be an interesting week for sure. I think that you know the course has gone through some changes a couple years ago. They redid the 12th hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting to see how that plays out. But you're right. It is going to be a, about the field and the top 50 in the world. Basically, there's three ways to get into this tournament, for those that aren't aware. Top 50 in the world, top 125 on last year's FedEx Cup, or you win a PGA Tour yep. event. That's it. That's it. That's it. There's no, there's no Monday qualifier. There's no special exemptions. You're either in or you're out. Uh, and one guy, actually, that found a side door to get into this event. I know who that is. Ryan Ta- Palmer. Well, not Brian Palmer. How did Ryan Palmer get in? Tell me. Because on the medical side, okay. on the medical side, he got enough to keep his car, but he stays in the medical, but they, he's in that qualification that because of his medical, he right. gets the exemption into, uh, special exemption into the players because of that. So Ryan Palmer's one of those. Uh, I was looking a little more notably uh, in Tiger Woods <laughs> because Tiger is only in this field it's the fifth year of his five-year exemption for winning in 2013. It's the only way he got in. 
it, it worked out pretty well yeah, because now he's starting to finally show some signs of life. But this is only the second time he's going to play this event since winning in 2013. Mm -hmm. That was a memorable showdown with Sergio. He had a little bit of golf in the dark. He had a long, long day on Sunday. And then Tiger ended up winning for the second time, having also won in 2001. So he's coming off a mixed bag last week at Quail Hollow. Definitely. Hit the ball really well until he took the putter cover off. And then yeah. things kind of went sideways. Couldn't make a putt from me to you. What are your thoughts on Tiger returning to the stadium course after last week's effort? Well, a couple of things. I mean, the thing about Tiger Woods that has been consistent since he's come back is his, his just obsession with hitting the ball far off the tee and not straight. Um, on the range, is he's focused on hitting it straight and not far, and guess what? The ball goes pretty straight. Mm -hmm. On the golf course, he cares about 129-mile-an-hour club head speed and getting his speed back and all this stuff. In the and, he plays from the, and he plays from the woods. Um, hit four fairways on Sunday. He hit 25 of 56 fairways for the week at Quail Hollow. The good news for him is that at this golf course, the players, is like the places he's had success this year, Valspar and Honda, places that he could play around the driver. Places where he's had to put the driver in play often, he has not done very well. See Bay Hill. He did mm -hmm. great till he had to hit one on the 16th hole, went out of bounds. Um... Masters, same thing. Drove the ball poorly. He says it was his irons at the Masters, but he drove the ball horribly at the Masters. He was 53rd out of 55 players to make the cut in fairways hit. He can play around it here. But the problem is he can, he can try and play around it, but he can't get away with those misses like he did last week. No. You, you hit 25 fairways, maybe 25 out of 36, and you're, you're going to be going home yeah. on Friday afternoon. So this is a course, unlike last week, that really is going to penalize the errant shot from Tita Green. Miss. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's going to be interesting. I th I'm not too concerned about the putting. I think that last week was a really bad putting week. Yeah. He said so himself. I think getting back to Florida, getting back to some grasses that he's pretty familiar with and a course that he knows and has won on before. Granted, there have been some renovations and changes since then. I think that that's going to help. I think last week is more the exception than the rule with the putter. But I agree with you. I'm interested to see how he kind of thinks his way around this course. This is a, this is a classic Pete Dye mm -hmm. where, you know, you can take the risk on the first shot and give yourself a better chance on the second shot. You can play safe, and then you have a, a tougher approach. It's, it's chess, not checkers this week. Yeah. And I'm interested to see how he goes about trying to think his way through it. And that's a beautiful – I mean, you said it exactly right. I mean – if you take on the challenge on the tee and take the aggressive line, you have a much easier second shot. Look at 18. It's a perfect example of the designed hole. It's a counter countering hole, and what I mean by countering is there are a lot of these. It requires a right-to-left tee shot and then a kind of a left-to-right uh, mm -hmm. second shot. Um, if you challenge that water down the left, you come in straight in at that green and you really don't have any water to deal with. If you're over here to the right, you can hit it in that water by going just a little long and left. Um, so, yeah, it, but again, he can hit three wood on 18, he can hit three wood on 16, he can hit three wood on 15. He, he never hits the ball great on 14. I don't think he's ever hit 14, that fairway. 14 to Sawgrass <laughs> is one of his least favorite holes yes. in the world. I'm convinced of this. It goes with that. Like six at PJ National, he can't figure yeah. out. There are just some holes that it's amazing to think that the, perhaps the best player in the history of yeah. golf cannot figure it out and just wants to just give me a bogey yeah. play two Hope over yeah play two over in the week and he's going to go right to the 15th tee yeah. it's amazing that, yeah. that hole just has his number but i mean you look at a lot of the places there are just very few places where you have to hit driver here and i think that plays into his strength and the iron game you know what uh, that was beautiful I, I really liked how he hit the irons last week even though he was playing from the rough a little more often than he mm -hmm. wanted to 
Um, the putting, I'm with you, not an issue. I think he'll fix that. Uh, we saw him have a really horrible putting week at, at Genesis, and he turned around and had a great week at Honda. So, like you said, getting back to Florida is definitely going to help. Going to be a few uh, eyeballs and a few spectators following his group for the first couple days, not only because it's Tiger, but, again, this is, this is the PGA Tour's big event, and they are flexing their muscle with some of these groupings, putting Tiger and Phil together in a grouping with another fellow former Players Champion and Ricky Fowler. This is the first time since 2001 at the Players that Tiger and Phil have played together at this event. That was the whole better than most round when, when uh, Tiger made one of his most famous putts. But what are your thoughts? I guess let's start with Phil coming off another top five finish at Quail Hollow, of course, where he will just continue to make 400 grand every time he shows up and not win. And not win. Banking it off the rock on the 18th hole. He called bank, apparently. <laughs> Which is absolutely it's, Phil. it's absolutely peak Phil and, yeah. and quite remarkable. But uh, you know, another solid showing, and then certainly Ricky Fowler coming off that Masters runner-up, another big chance at a big event. Where really this is the site of his crowning achievement thus far in his mm -hmm. career. Yeah, and um, yeah, a grouping that we rarely saw. They were always on opposite sides of right. the field mm -hmm. when when I was playing on opposite tour, sides of the field, opposite yeah, sides of the, the range. Room, just side of now we got now. a little kumbaya <laughs> exactly. and everyone's friends again. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, I, Phil, he's played great this year, and and I really was surprised at how his play at the Masters was. You know, I just really thought he would he would be in the hunt there uh, better than he was. Uh, Ricky, yeah, second place at the at the Masters. Um, all parts of his game, there, there really is very little weaknesses in his game, and his short game is so solid, and that putting stroke. You know what? We've got two of the best putting strokes in the same group in history, I think. Tiger's got one of the best putting strokes technically I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Ricky's is right there with it as far as releasing the putter, and there's going to be a lot of putts made in that group, I think, because Tiger's going to fix what happened last week. Some high praise putting Ricky. Anytime you compare someone favorably with Tiger, that's always that's always a good thing, but mm -hmm. I tend to agree with you. you got, he's got a, a good motion there. Uh, Let's look at some other former past champions, and I guess let's start with last week's winner. What are we to make of Jason Day? It was two years ago. He won this event. He's number one in the world. He talked about this is going to make, make a, a Hall of Fame credential for him coming off of that PGA Championship win the year prior, and then he kind of drifted away. Yeah. He didn't win again until earlier this year at the Farmers Insurance Open, but now all of a sudden he's got two wins. He played pretty convincing fashion over the weekend at Quail Hollow, even though he didn't have all of the parts of his game coming together, but a two-shot victory. He added in the runner-up at Pebble Beach earlier this year. He's playing a limited schedule, but when he shows up, Jason Day is playing pretty well. And here, I'm going to give him a pass on the last couple of seasons because the issues with his mom, yep. issues with his health, yep. dealing with his back, um, all that seems to be behind him now. He seems to be, like you said, limited schedule. I like what Adam Scott called it, competitive starvation. And, and what, what you want to do is make sure that when you tee it up, you're hungry and you're ready to go. It seems like Jason Day's figured that out. He's, he's got such a, a high level of work ethic. I mean, it, he works as hard as anybody. So he has to, he has to uh, channel that in the right way because I think part of learning this was, hey, you know, I work so hard to get here. I want to stay here, so I keep doing it. And you overdo it. it you get hurt. You get other things. I think that part of that was learning now, and we see Jason Day. What question I want to ask you, um, non-major, okay. shot of the year, 17th hole? Uh, I'm going to say no because I think he got lucky. If that flag stick is not there, that ball is over the green and he's got a tough up and down for par. The flag stick got in the way from 230 yards when that, on at. a heat-seeking missile that, was, that hit a concrete green and bounced in the right direction. So it was a great result, but uh, I, I would take – 
some other shots ahead of it. That's I mean, what he was aiming at. It was. It was. Okay. What he did. I give him credit for that. Aim hey, was sponsored by Top yeah. Golf. It would have gone in the center. Yes. Aim small, miss small. That's what uh, the Patriot always told us. But I mean, it was a great shot under the circumstances, and it certainly helped to have that extra shot on 18, where mm-hmm. that was the hole that was his, his Achilles' heel at the PGA last year. He made a quad during the third round, and he kind of got a little little squirrely there at the end, but I certainly think it helped to play that hole with a two-shot cushion instead of feeling like he needed to make that up and down. One of the hardest par fours you ever want to play, but, you know, I go back to what he does so well when he's playing well. I mean, his short game, he was tops in the field or right there in the top five in all the short game categories. Uh, He hasn't missed from inside five feet or in this year. Remarkable. Absolutely I mean, remarkable. That is amazing. I mean, five feet. Now, three feet, yeah, we know Luke Donald only missed one putt for like three years <laughs> from three feet. But that extra two feet, I mean, five footers, go step off five feet. Yes, from the I, hole. Ch- I challenge any amateur to go this week and not miss a five footer. Go around <laughs> and don't miss a five footer. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, I absolutely. I, I think that um, uh, those, those aspects of his game. You know, a 380-yard drive on 16, a wedge. I mean, they lengthened that hole by some 40 yards mm-hmm. when they when they moved it over to the left and down and put the hole down by the water from what it used to be. And they did it and put a bunker out there at 305 or 10 yards thinking nobody could carry it. These guys are flying it right over it now. Yeah. Um, so, look, a golf course he's had success on, uh, you know, with that short game because that's what you – I mean, the one thing that everybody seems to have here that plays well is they, their short game is solid that week because you're going you're gonna to have stress on it. This golf course is going to put stress on it, and the short game saves a lot of guys from uh, turning doubles into bogeys and uh, bogeys into pars. Yeah. Real quick on Jason Day before we move on, he talks openly and often about his desire to get back to world number one. That's really something that fuels him. Do you feel like he do – you, do you see him getting back to number one and then – I guess a corollary to that is, do you ever see him returning to the form that we saw at the end of 2015 and early 2016 when he's winning not only the PGA, but he's winning the BMW? He was just routing fields, elite fields, by six, seven, eight shots. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like he can get back to that peak given some of the form we've seen from him? I I do. I mean, you you mentioned a second at AT AT&T, the win at Farmers, this impressive win this last week. Uh, Yeah, I I definitely think we can. Again, I, I, I... Look at his game. The one knock on it is his his proximity numbers. Even when he was number one in the world, he was 181st in proximity to the hole, mm-hmm. which is probably the, anybody's ever been outside of top 100 in the world in proximity and be number one. Why? Because he's such a great long-distance putter. That took a hiatus. Last year, the whole putting took a hiatus, yep. really. But he's back. That The speed control and some of those putts that he had, um, you look at his speed, it's so good on the longer putts. And... He makes a ton of putts outside of 20 feet. So maybe his proximity numbers don't need to be that that solid because that putter more than makes up for it. We talked about one of the, the feature groups of Tiger, Phil, and Ricky. On the other side of the draw is going to be the last three FedEx Cup champs. You've got Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy. I think I've screwed up that order. But they've, they've each yeah. won in the last three years. Uh, I want to talk about Jordan Spieth because his record at this event is mind-boggling. He comes in in 2014. It's his first appearance. He almost plays the entire tournament without making a bogey. Unbelievable. Bogey free through 54 holes. We think that he's some sort of phenom before we really even realize how much of a phenom he is. He finished fourth. That was the year that Martin Keimer won. And since then, he's missed the cut three straight years. Cannot figure this golf course out, which is very rare when we're talking about Jordan Spieth for any course to come three years in a row 
and leave on Friday. What are your thoughts on him going into this week on a course that clearly he doesn't feel quite as comfortable as some others that he faces every year? Yeah, and, and I think where he gets exposed here in particular is his weakness inside of 10 feet. I know we talk about how solid a putter he is, and he is. It's the long putts, though. It's like you were saying with Jason. Uh, yes, exactly. He makes a ton of you know, putts outside of 10 feet, but you look at his numbers inside of 10. Well, his numbers putting this year have not been good at all by his standards. I mean, he's outside the top 100 in strokes game putting, and uh, you look at um, – I'm not sure exactly what his inside 10 feet is, but I think it's outside of 150. So um, you're going to have a lot of those putts here, and if he's not doing that well, he's going to struggle once again. His ball striking has been really solid this year. I mean, it's been right there each and every uh, time. But then when the putter joins the party, we see what we saw at the Masters. You know, a fantastic final round charge. Uh, had chances to put pressure on Patrick Reed early. Um, I, I think this week you, you do struggle because these the putts here, Will, are so tough to make outside of 15, 20 feet, which is a strong point. It's very hard to do that because of the segments in these greens. And uh, that's one of the things that I think it will, one of the reasons why he struggles here is his weakness inside of 10 feet and his normal reliance on the, the longer range putts he struggles with. Jordan Speed, 161st inside 10 feet. There you go. There you go. That and is, what's his strokes game putting number? Uh, better than that. <laughs> I have to check for a minute. But yeah. it's, it, you're right. It is, it's quite the dichotomy of inside some of the shorter ones. Right. You know, we're not talking about he's missing tap-ins here, but, but – Tour players convert a higher percentage of six, eight, nine foot putts yeah. than a lot of people realize, and it doesn't take much of a slip in that category to turn a 71 into a 74, yep. 72 into a 76, all that stuff. So yeah. uh, we shall see. But we Jordan Speed is going to be among five guys where we have a number one watch mm -hmm. this week. It, you know, I don't have an abacus with me. I feel like we need to bring in Alan Robinson, our, our <laughs> world ranking guru, to explain all of the the different machinations and everything going on. But the bottom line is Dustin Johnson has been world number one since February of 2017. Over a year, he's been rock solid in the top spot. Justin Thomas has had a couple chances nipping at his heels. He thought he would do it last, last he week. Thought he, he had a chance really last did. week. He had a great chance at the, at the match play in March. But this week, because of the math, it actually favors Justin Thomas because Dustin's uh, divisor is going to change. Like I said, we, it's going to take like a calculus class to explain it all. Yes. So, but the bottom line is advantage JT right now. I would think so. That Dustin Johnson to have any chance of retaining the world number one ranking for another week is going to have to finish 11th or better at Sawgrass. So what are your thoughts on the current world number one trying to get 11th or better on a course where last year he tied for 12th? Uh, yeah, I mean, here's the thing about DJ. At any time, he shows up, he should be one of the favorites because of what he can do. Right. The thing is, this golf course, we know the one thing that hurts players like him, players like Bubba, is it makes them play from the same areas as everyone else. They have to back down to certain areas. They can't really take advantage of their length. I look at, I look at like the fifth hole as a great example. It, 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 Bubba keeps trying to hit it over that bunker and down in there, and he's yep. played that hole horribly. I mean, he's played that hole absolutely. He, it, he can't make himself hit an iron and hit it up there where everybody else is hitting three woods and get into a level line shooting down to that green. That's what these players try. I mean, they're, you, as a caddy, it's got to be hard as heck not to hand DJ the driver every <laughs> single hole except for the par threes. Just let it go. Yeah. Yep. I mean, 
And that's what this golf course does. So I, I do think advantage JT. I know the other guys that are, that are uh, chasing uh, four and five pretty much have to top uh, win or finish second. Yeah, I so so Jordan Spieth at four, Justin Rose is at five. They've got mathematical chances, but you're right. They need to win yeah. or finish second. And then John Rahm also at world number three has a couple of scenarios uh, where he would need, basically he also needs to win or finish solo second. Right. So, so three, four, five. Yeah. We're, they have a chance, but we're going to be talking about them in a big way. If they get to world number one, it's because sure. they had a great week. Otherwise, the, the predominant number of scenarios, you're either going to have Justin Thomas become world number one for the first time or Dustin Johnson going to hang on by the slimmest of margins for one more week. And I, 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 think, I think Justin Thomas is it at the end of the week. I, I gave it to him last week. Maybe I'm a week uh, premature. Well, he didn't play bad. He needed, I think, what, top 12 at Quahala to finish about yeah. 21st. I mean, if you, if you toss out the miscut at Zurich where he was uh, a team event, he hasn't finished outside the top 25 this no, year. He's sure. been remarkably solid. You got the playoff Two win in. at the Honda Classic. And he's talked about the pressure that he faced trying to get to world number one at the match play. It was something he thought about. Mm-hmm. He said, I couldn't, I should have turned my phone off. I, I read too much about yeah. it. I couldn't avoid it. And it got in his head and he yeah. got trounced in the, in the semifinals. But now I think he, given a second chance last week on a course where he had won the PGA Championship and now going into a situation where he's kind of the favorite to become number one, you got to like his chances on a course where he was third two years ago. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, he's one of those guys. But he, he is, uh, when he figures out this golf course that is better to some of those holes, just bite it and have a longer club in from the fairway than trying to hit driver down into an area where you can get. And to your point, the misses here, the big misses, and this is one thing about Tiger, is you really pay the penalty here when you, when you stray from – uh, the normal playing areas. You, yeah. you really do. I mean, it's so hard to recover. And that's why, ultimately, um, his short game is so underrated, I think. I think his short game is it, its not a Jason Day, Jordan Spieth level, but it's certainly a high level. And I said that's very important this week. And you, you said he's had success here before. Um, he's not going to finish outside the top 20 this week. And I think we there have a go. new world number one, Justin Thomas. Go. Top 20 on a course that a lot of players struggle to figure out, I think, would be. He's got it figured out, I think. All right. Well, hey. Yeah. You heard it here first. Yeah. I think, like I said, it's it's a classic example of what this course can do. He finished third two years ago. He missed the cut last year. This course can come up and bite anyone in the world on any given day. But you're right. I think you need to take a little bit of patience and and a, a major championship approach. Like the mindset that you take into a U.S. Open is pretty well served at an event like this. Mm-hmm. Just because you know there are going to be bogeys, you're going to hit a tree, you're going to three putt. All the stuff's going to come up and bite you at some point. It's a matter of limiting those mistakes and moving on from there because there are always going to be birdie holes out there. Mm -hmm. You look at the par fives, you know, the the 12th hole that they've redesigned has has been turned into a green light birdie hole. You're going to have some chances. It's a matter of just trying to balance out that scorecard. Yeah, it is. And, and, uh, again, the, the, the other thing about JT that I really like is the evolution of his wedge game. And, I mean, he's hit two of the best wedges we've seen on the 18th hole at Honda in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them went in the hole. One of them was <laughs> that far from the hole. So he goes off speed now. We couldn't do that when it coming out of college. He was full bore like a driver with that, and his wedges and spin went all over the place. His distance control was horrible. Number one last year from 50 to 125 in proximity. Um, you know, he's going to have that aspect of it into a lot of these holes. You know that that he can be aggressive in the right in the right areas and and use that wedge game uh, with the plum the way he's done this year. 
kind of a, a page out of the Dustin Johnson game plan. We always talk about yeah. DJ's 300-yard drives, but he's been hitting 300-yard drives for 10 years. Yeah. It was the wedge. It was 125 and in mm-hmm. that all of a sudden turned him from a fringe contender into a major champion, the world number one, all that stuff. Exactly right. Yeah. It's a you know, drive for show, putt for dough, wedge to be world number one. How about there you that? go. Oh, there you go. Addendum. All right. Uh, real quick, before we move on, the two Europeans who also have a chance to get to world number one, John Rahm is third in the world right now. Justin Rose is fifth. Rom missed the cut last year in his debut, and this is actually a course where Justin Rose has kind of struggled outside of a fourth-place showing back in 2014. Who do you think is going to finish higher on the board among those two likely Ryder Cup teammates this fall? Oh, they're, they're going to be Ryder Cup teammates. They, they won't be partners. Yes. I mean, uh, Rom's going to play with uh, Sergio right. probably a lot. But um, God, it's so tough to go against John Rahm with no weaknesses in his game, but it'd be tough to not pick Justin Rose right. with how I feel consistent like, I, Exactly. Is. I feel like Rose is the safe bet. He's got the consistency, yeah. and John Rahm is, you know, do you feel like throwing the dice for an eighth straight? But I mean, Would you early? be surprised if he won? No. No, I wouldn't no. either. But, but um, I, I would be very surprised if Justin Rose didn't have another top ten finish this right. week. So because of that, because of the, like you said, it'd be more of a dice roll to say Rahm, I'll go with Rose, which means Rahm's going to win the tournament. There you go. Well, then we'll be talking about him. He'll be world number one. We'll have a whole new podcast exactly. to talk about uh, in a week. Uh, what are your thoughts? Like, we got to talk about the calendar stuff, too. This is the 12th and final year. Mm-hmm. This event has been played in May. It's moving back to March next year. It's part of a larger uh, shift in the golf calendar where we're going to see the PGA Championship go from August to May. We're going to have the FedEx Cup playoffs shift to August and, and end in early yep. September. But if you look back at what the what has been accomplished over these 12 years, you've had a lot of decorated champions that have won this event in May. You start in 07 with Phil, Sergio, Jason Day, Ricky Fowler, Tiger. A lot of big names have won this event. Now we're going to go back and, and shift back to what we saw you know, in the 90s, 2000s, and, and before that. And the course is going to look different, right? I mean, Florida golf in, in mid and early March mm-hmm. is a heck of a lot different than the course that they're going to get under uh, the blazing sun this week in the middle of May. But what are your thoughts on the shift and also what players can expect to see in 2019 and beyond? Well, it, you're, I mean, you're still going to see the best field in golf. Yeah. I mean, we're just going to get to see it a couple months earlier, that's all. Okay. And I like this golf course played in March much better than May for a couple of reasons. First of all, the winds in March. We, we yep. Florida is very windy in March, typically. 17th hole gets a lot of fun when you got a two-clubber cutting across. Well, it's, it's fun to watch. <laughs> yes. It's not to play. To not to play. It is yeah. not fun to play when you got some wind you know, gusting like, out of the little, right. That little trap, eight yeah. iron from Oh, my gosh. And, and, you know, a lot of times in March we have those fronts move through, and that wind comes from that northwest. So it comes down and off the left um, into that hole, and it's just so hard to hit the right club. And then the hardest thing is a lot of times if it's a north wind, you get the, the, the wind back into you and those trees behind yeah. block it and you get these gusts that come over and you think you hit a great shot and it just knocks down right in the water. Um, I think March is better for a couple of reasons. The rough, if, it, if they overseed it, which they, which they will, uh, was I remember the rough used to just be so nasty there. So you throw in all the water and bunkers and stuff, and then you've got some high grass around the greens and off the fairways. It makes this golf course play a lot tougher, I think. So I like it in March better. But, look, the, the move to May made sense at the time. Mm-hmm. The move back to March makes sense at this time. So the tour's uh, nimble, and they're, they're moving quicker on some of these things, which I think is great. Yeah, it's not a decision that's made in a vacuum. You've got a lot of moving parts going on right now in terms of the 12-month calendar of the golf season. Uh, but I agree. I think it's going to be interesting get those cold fronts moving in. You get yeah. those guys layering up once again. Instead of putting on sunscreen, they're putting on on the uh, 
the vests the and the sweater. Yeah, exactly. You think back to the to Davis Love winning yeah. in the raincoat when it was about sixty degrees yeah. and raining sideways back in in two thousand. And also keep in mind that I think the Olympics has something to do yeah. with the PGA wanting to move out of sure. August because you know last year there were a lot of things that had to happen and the PGA moved into into August. I mean into uh, late July. So I, I think that um, this is it's better for everybody. You know, and now the Olympic years every four years, we don't have to worry about See. having to move much around. Um, so, yeah, it's um, it's great. I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to this. I, I look forward to this tournament every single year, uh, just like a major, even though it's not. So, looking at that crystal ball of yours that we sadly don't have on the set right now, <laughs> we've talked about a lot of big names. Who's who's one guy that we haven't touched upon that you kind of feel like could be keyed in for a big week? back on the stadium course and maybe could surprise a few people. Well, I don't, it, w would it be a surprise if, if we saw one of those Europeans that's had success be part of the story, like an Alex Noren, a Tommy Fleetwood, a, a Terrell Hatton? I think it's, those guys are going to surprise some fans, but I think that, that for, for those, of us that watch, we, those of us that watch week in and week out and know that the three names that you just listed off are probably going to be having favorable records against the Americans at Paris. I think that, that yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, mean, I mean, these guys are world-class players. They've won all over the world. Now they're starting to get more and more starts on American golf courses. We've seen what Alex Noren has done mm -hmm. this year. He's had so many close calls. You think back to that playoff with Jason Day at Torrey Pines. I, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I think that it might surprise a lot of a lot of casual fans. But you look back, this has been a tournament since the move to May. You've seen a lot of international flavor, including last year with Siwoo Kim. You've only had a handful of Americans win over the last 10 or 15 years. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing is, like, um, you know, Martin Keimer winning yep. years ago. Um, I, I do think, though, um, to your point, I want to spin it a little to the Ryder Cup, is, is those three guys. And, and, you know, everybody's talking about this American domination going on with <laughs> Ryder Cups into the near future and, and all this Small stuff. Small sample size. And I'm like, whoa, hold on, boys. I know our, the team looks good, the U.S. team, excuse me. Uh, but the international, I mean, the, the European team right now, I think just stack, I think it just is stacking up for France to be wow. It's going to be like like the Ryder Cup seems to always deliver. We only have four more months. I know. To, I can't wait for that either. Look into the yeah. the prognostications and uh, you know the various standings and things like that. But it's going to be fun. All right, let's finish with this. It's it's an unpredictable course, but it's a course where in recent years we've seen a lot of top names win. If I give you the top ten in the world ranking versus the field, which Ooh. side of that coin do you want? Ah, that's a good. I mean, that's a good question. So here's here's the top ten right now. Here's who, here's who you're getting if you if you choose door number one: Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Rom, Spieth, Rose, Fowler, Day, Rory, Hideki, and Patrick Reed. I'm taking the top ten. You're taking the top ten. I got to. I got to. But again, Siwoo Kim won last year. He did. Yeah. So. Uh, this golf course, the way the way it's such an equalizer, it it, it kind of it, it kind of is. But but it, the, here's the great thing about it: you have a Siwoo Kim win every now and then. You have you know a Hal Sutton pop up and yep. win years ago and beat Tiger Woods. Um, Fred it, Funk. Yeah, Fred Funk. I mean, it, it's it's one of those golf courses where it's hard not to always stay with chalk. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think anybody's going to be shocked to find someone that's a hundred and. Uh, Tenth in the world win. I mean, although that would be a less likely that's, scenario that's with the top fifty. But right. anyway, you know, somebody say fortieth in the world yeah. winning. Um, so, but yeah, those guys right now, the way Day's playing, he's won here. The way Ricky can play at this place, uh, Jordan Spieth hadn't figured it out except for one time. Um, 
but it could happen this year. So, yeah, I, I, I've got to go with top ten. How about you? Uh, I, I, it's a numbers game. I'll take the field just because I get 134 guys. Yeah. Uh, and also, the, the one guy that I have my eye on outside the top ten is Sergio. He's 13th in the world. He won here in 2008. He Playoff loss. He's finished third. I mean, he. you want to talk about a course that, that bites a lot of top players. He is one of the few guys, it seems, year in and year out, to have this thing figured out. He's such a good ball striker. There you go. And it, it, he seems to, to putt well enough on these greens to contend. Would not at all surprise me to see him come back from that crazy 13 at the Masters. He missed the cut yeah. at the Valero, but I, I think that a lot of good golf is in the near future for Sergio, and I think it could start this week. I agree. I, that, look, it, it, you look at the, the players that, that, like you said, that have these up and down records here. His is a flat, flat line. line. Yeah, flat line, flat real high. Line, real yeah, high. Yeah. Um, and, and it's simply because of his tee ball, how, how accurate he is. He can, he can hit it in areas uh, and it, take advantage of some length just because he's so long and accurate. Yeah. And, and it really helps coming into this golf course. And he's avoided the, the big mistakes at 17, which is so hard to do. Um, yeah, Sergio, um, he is a tough guy to, to pick against. 17th him. hole did bite him that one time against Tiger. He put, well, he put yeah. about a sleeve in the Well, in the he did, inside. yeah. But, but, but other than that, numbers. I mean, some really good shots in Where there. he won, he beat yeah, Paul Goidos. Yeah, he beat Goidos on yeah. that hole. But um, everybody's had an issue or two at oh, 17. Yes. You, you play that hole enough, you're going to have you issues. Are gonna, you're going to hit it in the water. You're yes. going to hit some fish with your golf ball. There's no question about <laughs> it. Go. I know I have. There you go. <laughs> uh, all right, well, this uh, we'll put a bow on it at that point. I think it's going to be a big week. Mm -hmm. I think we're both excited. It's, it's always fun to have all the best in the world coming together for another big event. At TPC Sawgrass, the last one in May, yep. and only have to wait 10 more months before That's we it. get back around. It'll yeah. be a short layout. It'll be good. Trip Eisenhower, thank you much for joining us on this edition of the Golf Channel Podcast. Remember, you can subscribe at golfchannel.com slash podcast in the iTunes store, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. We're probably there. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.